feed me! Or you need to get on your bed and let me lie on you. Hello and welcome to the After Sparks Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spex. <laughs> want to try that again? <laughs> and I'm Spex. Today we're going to be talking about episode number 9, Fire on the Mountain. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Yes. <laughs> so if you remember last time, uh, we got Dinobots. And sadly, Dinobots will be Sir's not appearing in this picture until the next episode. <laughs> So I will uh, kindly put my, my love for Grimlock away, and we'll talk about it later. But just remember, my cute dino baby is coming back next episode. Yeah. Alright, so um, today's episode opens with uh, Brawn and Trailbreaker trailing haha, Thundercracker and Starscream. <laughs> and they're totally driving on a road that looks like it's paved with giant metal bricks. The design choices for industrial areas in this cartoon are really weird. Especially because this is a human area. This is not like an Autobot area they're breaking into, or, or it's not Cybertron. Or Cybertron. This is a human area, which seems mildly weird. Um, but whatever. Uh, they arrive at a steel plant. Uh, Starscream running ahead of Thundercracker once they land, uh, with Starscream reminding Thundercracker of his superiority all of the way there. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Thundercracker is basically just trying to bring out that, hey, the steel from this plant might not be quite up to snuff for the project the Decepticons need it for. And Starscream is completely ignoring him. Because of course he is. Starscream is Starscream and Starscream is going to do what Starscream wants. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they're stealing steel. Oh my fucking pun. <laughs> That's not even a good pun. Uh, anyway, throughout this, we find out Starscream can apparently shoot missiles from his chest. Okay. Titty guns. Just <laughs> <laughs> all the innuendos till we get a Megatron gun. <laughs> One psychedelic-looking explosion later, Thundercracker and Starscream fly off, leaving the Autobots buried under the wreckage. <sighs> There's some surprisingly nice background painting here. I really like it. I believe you called it artfully destroyed while we were watching it. Yeah, that sounds about right. And Starscream said, we're bringing the house down! Oh, you punny, punny bastard, you. <laughs> so the Autobots dig themselves out of all the wreckage and they report back to the Ark. Not helping any of these people. There's this entire crowd of people wearing welding masks. That we saw running from, from the Seekers. <laughs> like, they, they're not helping any of these people that just got exploded or had stuff dropped on their heads. I mean, yeah, we totally we totally saw this entire crowd of people running away. They're fine! So, uh, the Autobots get new toys today, back to the Ark. Uh, they now have satellites, or Sky Spies. Honestly, I'm really wondering what diplomatic hoops had to be jumped through for this. I mean, the Cold War was presumably still going on, or maybe the onset of the uh, giant robot war. Uh, put that on hold. I mean, I can you imagine? Russia wouldn't have reacted very well to this. Like, I, I imagine that, like, Optimus would have had to do some serious smooth talking. Like, we, you know, we are neutral. We just want to keep the Decepticons in line. We're more than happy to help you guys, too. I don't know how that would have worked, but he apparently did it. So, eh. Like, I don't think I've ever read anything where anyone's tackled this. I kind of want them to. Yeah, now. like, I, I know in a lot of more edgy... Uh, recent stuff, they, they tend to do a focus on that kind of thing a lot more. 
But I, and I'd like to see it, but I'd like to see it a bit more positively than just the humans are going to kill the giant robots. It's a little depressing after a while when they keep doing that. Because they did this with Bumblebee, actually. Spoiler alert. Um. Yeah, the, basically in Bumblebee, uh, they were like, "Well, we don't want the Russian. We don't want them to go to the Russians for help." So they end up helping. Um, uh, helping some of the robots that are not very nice robots, if you catch my drift. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, eventually realize- they eventually realize that these robots are the bad guys. And, um, John Seta's character is the voice of reason. They're called the Decepticons! <laughs> Which is also kind of funny if you read the comics, because there's actually a legit reason they're called that. But more on that later. So, meanwhile, in South America, the Decepticons are standing in front of an Inca pyramid, and Soundwave is going on about some Incan legend being true. How did he research this? Did he did he call the library? Did he go to the library? I rather love the idea of a librarian just being like, well, technically, we're open to everyone. This includes giant, evil, forty-foot alien robots, as long as they're not blowing up the building. I mean, they are a pub- the libraries are a public service. Speaking as a former student librarian, I can attest that, yes, I definitely would have helped him research history shit if asked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're a librarian. It's what you do. You do not discriminate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and and we have yet another shaft leading down to the Earth's core. Of course we do. Wait, the Earth is just full of them, and none of them are volcanoes. It's leaky like a sieve. Sieve? Sieve. <laughs> I've never really heard anyone say that word. That is why I'm here. Yeah. Jesus, cartoon. So, <laughs> they had one plot idea, and they said, if we use it again two episodes later, no one will notice. The kids will not notice. Well, honestly, probably no one did. I don't know. <laughs> and so Megatron blasts the pyramid and does some impromptu remodeling. I mean... We're not sure how big this hole is. You can see all the robots through it, but it doesn't look big enough for them. Yeah, they might have had to crawl through. But it was still a pretty big hole. They're pretty tall. Yeah, and so he does this, and it's pissing off anthropologists, archaeologists, and indigenous peoples. And me! Stop destroying historical sites, you bastard. Trying to take over the world? Not a problem for us. Destroying history? Now that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, the tunnels and stairs in the pyramid... Happened to be perfectly sized for Megatron and Soundwave to walk down. It's like, okay. Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've got another freaking crystal. This one's called the Crystal of Power. He's really got a thing for crystals, doesn't he? He even calls it magnificent. Honestly, he should just get a pet rock. Honestly? Optimus just needs to put a ring on it. Maybe we wouldn't be having this problem. Oh my god. <laughs> just, just get a giant ring with a giant rock, and I'm just saying, maybe Mega maybe that's how Big Trump wants to see what's Optimus to recognize him and give him a giant fucking rock, okay? Go oh god. Diplomatic gift. That is also a wedding present. Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, Megatron picks up the crystal, unleashing the fires of hell. This does absolutely nothing. <laughs> they don't even utilize this weird column of energy that comes out of the, the hole that the, <laughs> the crystal was plugging for energon cubes or anything. He apparently just wants- Nice just wants his bling. Yeah, I, seriously. Uh, so we get another Starscream uh, Megatron tiff. Uh, Megatron insinuating that the steel Starscream stole had better be strong enough for their big-ass gun. 
So is he uh, is he gonna test his metal? Huh? I'm not talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then Starscream shoves the crystal in their big damn gun thing, and the column of energy underground like explodes <laughs> or whatever or something. I, so I guess we stand corrected. It seems to be it seems to be related to what they're doing on the roof of the temple, but I still don't understand how they're affecting each other. And Meg seems pretty happy? Question mark? With with Screamer right now? Question mark, question mark, question mark? Yeah, it is It is a little strange. He does actually seem happy with him right now. Uh, elsewhere, the Sky Spy uh, picks on, the, on this weird energy signal that's coming from the Decepticons and the ruins they're in. Laserbeak spots the Sky Spy in orbit, and Megatron shoots it with his big fucking gun. And the thing is, Laserbeak isn't in orbit. Yeah, he's a good eyesight. He's a good burb. Yeah. Yeah, he, he really does. And then some probably pretty terribly racist 80s stereotypes of Peruvian people talk about ancient gods returning. I would like to apologize. I don't really know how, like, it just, it doesn't seem very respectful. We're both white, though, so I don't really know, but it, it, it's that kind of stereotypical, we're gonna talk about people from a different country, and they all have accents and seem kind of dumb. And it just doesn't seem very good. And it's just like, aliens? But with the scale of those stairs, it does kind of make you think, have Transformers been here before? Beast Wars! <laughs> so, yes, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, so, this crystal power thing is apparently well-known enough that a young Peruvian woman puts two and two together that someone's trying to use the damn thing. I mean, if she knows about it, tons of other people in her, in her locale probably know about it. So how did this thing not get looted? Well, it does unleash the literal fires of hell once moved. That's true, but people get really dumb when giant rocks are involved, <laughs> especially giant shiny rocks. Anyway, I guess it's also completely fucking massive. Yeah, they may not be able to like get a machine in there to actually move it, and like one person probably couldn't move it. Oh yeah, considering it takes Megatron can pick the thing up in two hands. It's like as big as my cat is to me. Right, it's not small compared to a human. A human would be like, I am not doing comparative math right now. I'm sorry. Uh, I would say a human shorter than Megatron's knee. Okay. Probably. So if Megatron was like a six foot human, it would be a human would be less than a foot tall. Probably. Comparatively. Yeah, let's go with maybe eight or nine inches. Yeah. Basically, it's too big. Megatron espouses about having ultimate power and that it's all his. Uh, Starscream would like to cut in to remind him that communal property is a thing in a relationship and shit. And Thundercrack just looks like he really, really doesn't want to be here. <laughs> He's just he looks like you two ever bitch at each other in private where we don't have to deal with it. <laughs> kind of, yeah, that's... <laughs> like, he's just like, if you two are gonna do this, can you please do it elsewhere? We're, we're trying to work here. Um, so the steel frame for the BFG melted after Megatron uh, fired it, and Megatron rightfully blames Starscream. His metal totally did not hold up, it seems. So Starscream blames Thundercracker, despite it literally being all Starscream's fault. <laughs> and Thundercracker, uh, poor scapegoat that he is, gets punched off the pyramid by Megatron. Who then leaves Skywarp in charge. Skywarp is really happy about this. Megatron's literally leaving the least mature bot in charge, and yeah, Skywarp's just like, haha, you nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, it's just, yeah, he's, he's very happy to be in charge. <laughs> 
Megatron and Soundwave and Reflector fly off to get more metal from a nearby mining town. Which we had the discussion that it might not be very good quality. But yeah, yeah, like I am curious, like at the time, if there was a metal refinery in Peru, like would the metal from the US have had been at a higher quality? I don't really know, like my gut instinct is to say the US metal would have been better, but that might just kind of be the bullshit we grew up with in the U.S., so yeah. I really don't know. So, uh, meanwhile, uh, Wheeljack and Sideswiper are now in the Arctic. Grave robbing! Um, sort of. So, uh, remember Skyfire? Well, I'm convinced Wheeljack has only just now found out about the whole Skyfire thing from a few episodes ago and realized the poor guy's not dead, he just needs dug out. So, uh, Wheeljack's got Sideswipe using his pile drivers to try to dig out Skyfire, who's been stuck in an ice park thing. Like, I'm Sideswipe not... breaks breaks the ice, and then Skyfire just like fucking bobs up out of the water, <laughs> like like some sort of bobber that's been stuck under something. And then, um, I don't know, Wheeljack like shoots him with a gun that like partially melts him, and he asks a question, and Skyfire is just awake, and he's apparently been awake for this. Like the last few episodes. Yeah, there's a reason I didn't try to write out how I was going to explain that because it was too it was too weird. It it's, was too nuts. It's just weird. It's weird. And yeah, so Skyfire gets out and he and Wheeljack and Sideswipe talk like they all know each other. Like these, the, these three have literally never met until just this moment. Sideswipe nor Wheeljack were with the group that went to the Arctic a few episodes ago. I mean, I suppose it's conceivable that Skyfire and Wheeljack knew each other prior to Skyfire's uh, icy entombment back on Cybertron. I mean, he was a scientist, but I kind of doubt it. Maybe they knew each other for reputation. I don't know. Who knows? It still seemed like a kind of weird conversation. Yeah, and he's instantly made into the Autobot taxi, being sent back to the base to transport some Autobots. You know, to Peru. (laughs) (laughs) Well, glad you're awake. Get to work. (laughs) Pretty much. Next we see him, Skyfire is chauffeuring Braun and Windcharger down to South America. And Braun thinks he and Windcharger can totally take on Megatron, Soundwave, and Reflector. You know, by themselves. Like idiots. (laughs) (laughs) He turns down Skyfire's offer to help with this confrontation. I've decided, Braun is definitely an idiot. (laughs) He's he's just hard-headed, like, yeah. He's (laughs) hard-headed. And Braun and Windcharger just, you know, totally bail out of Skyfire. They jump. Without parachutes. There's none of those handy <laughs> no, parachutes. None of the handy parachutes. <laughs> and Braun lands on Soundwave, calling him a dipstick tape deck. Now listen here, you ass. In this house, we respect Soundwave. <laughs> um, and then Windcharger lands on Reflector. It's, it's really like a Decepticon rodeo. Nobody lands on Megatron, though. He, um, he gives terrible piggyback rides. Once you're done, he shoots you. <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> yeah. And Braun rides, question mark, Soundwave face first into a mountain. Braun's officially on my shit list now. Yep, definitely on my fucking shit list. <laughs> Megatron proceeds to shoot Braun, who basically goes flying backwards, knocking down poor Soundwave, who was just getting back up. <laughs> like, again. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for Soundwave. <laughs> it's just the Soundwave gets beaten up episode. <laughs> Seriously, fuck you, Braun. Anyway, Windcharger calls Skyfire for a retreat because he's not a complete fucking moron. He's 
being chased by laser beak or someone? Uh, yeah, yeah laser so. laser beak is chasing wind charger. That's what's happening. Uh, and Soundwave finally gets a shot in, repaying Braun for his shenanigans. Yep. And Max transforms into his alt mode, and Soundwave fires him off. To Soundwave's credit, he at least actually looks like he aims with Megatron's scope, but he still manages to miss every damn shot. <laughs> so Skyfire eventually evacuates these two idiots midair when Windcharger in car mode runs into Braun, who's in robot mode, and then ramps off a cliff with Braun clinging to his windshield. <laughs> it looks silly, but when doesn't it? <laughs> we know what we're talking about. <laughs> and it's the dreaded return of Astroseconds. Which just makes me hate Braun even more. <laughs> so much groaning. So back at the Ark, everybody is loading up into Skyfire after finding out there's a bunch of fucking Decepticons in Peru and one of them is Megatron. <laughs> and Skyfire is just totally huge here. I mean, he's massive. He looks like, comparatively, he's like all the Autobots are human-sized, whereas he's Autobot-sized. Yeah, the scale looks kind of off. Optimus especially is super tiny, and I don't think he's quite that tiny. It's just really off. It's super off. Regardless, once in Peru, Optimus pats Skyfire on the nose cone kind of like a horse as a thank you? Well, Skyfire is French-shaped. So. He is French-shaped. Uh, Skyfire drops everyone off and then flies off by himself to investigate the ruins that uh, the Decepticons have been creating shenanigans in. Well, he hasn't had an opportunity to do science or whatever in forever. He just wants to do some hands-on anthropology. At least it's more in vain with the fighting. I can't really blame him. Yeah. So Decepticons are attacking some sort of metal refinery, stealing additional, well, steel. <laughs> <laughs> the Autobots show up and Optimus fucking Prime rams into Megatron as a semi. Throwing him through a wall. That was pretty great, actually. It was. It was a very entertaining scene. Uh, Braun proceeds to steal Megatron's fusion cannon. And then does this great magical girl-esque transformation, twirling around and ending up with a fusion cannon on his shoulder. Megatron gets beamed in the chest by his own fusion cannon, and Braun gets knocked on his ass from the kickback. <laughs> yep. And Laserbeak is a good verb, and he takes this opportunity to return the fusion cannon to Megatron. Megatron tries to blast Braun, but, you know, he misses. You realize Braun is one of the only ones who's actually hit another bot with a gunshot in this goddamn episode. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that shit. <laughs> um, the shot hits something else and explodes. The young woman we saw earlier is here for some reason, and Spike pulls her into Bumblebee to get her away from the explosion. They drive off. And, and the falling debris, because he just, I don't know, the shot, like, took out this... It caused a big explosion, and so there was stuff coming down from the sky, too. Yeah. So, note, the young woman's name is Louisa. We don't ever actually hear it in the episode, but I'm kind of tired of calling her a young Peruvian woman. <laughs> and we'll never see her in another episode, so. Uh... <sighs> Sorry, Louisa. You deserve better. Yep. And uh, time number 55, that poor Bumblebee's been chased by Laser Geek. <laughs> yeah. Bluestreak's apparently allowed to hit someone today, too, as he blasts Laserbeak. I would like to officially request that Soundwave and his cassettes get some vacation after this debacle. And Megatron calls Skyfor- Bleh. Skyfor? <laughs> My name is Skyforge! <laughs> Not actually a bad name. It isn't, actually! <laughs> Megatron calls in Skywarp as a backup. Starscream is livid at being left to nursemaid, the big glowy crystal, and the gun. The humans and Bumblebee enter uh, the temple as Soundwave sends Ravage in after them. Sk 
Skyfire continues to investigate the ruins, being captured by the two remaining Seekers, so Thundercracker and Starscream. And poor Skyfire. Poor dude just woke up again and gets blasted in the chest and knocked out. And dragged into the temple like such a large sack of flour. Uh, yeah, because he's so much bigger than them. So the cons retreat, having gotten all the steel they need. Megatron causes a rock slide on the nearby village. Is the Autobots blast all the rock, saving the village? You'd still think the village would have gotten hit by some of the rocks or debris or something, but apparently shooting in the general direction of something destroys all momentum. <laughs> I guess. And Louisa and Spike are just riding in a bumblebee down in an ancient Inca tunnel. That that seems... That's perfectly scaled for Cybertronians. <laughs> that seems like a really good way to damage uh a historical site. And in any case, they're apparently really unconcerned while being um, chased by a giant metal cat. I'm just going to assume they don't notice Ravage here for Sandy's sake. He is a stealthy dude. He is, but he wasn't being very stealthy here. And the two Seekers carry Skyfire into the temple. Megatron apparently plans to rewire Skyfire's brain so he'll be a Decepticon. Can, can he do that? If he can do that, why doesn't he do that more? Well, apparently, that's one of the possible uh, origins for the uh, Constructicons, Yes, right? the Constructicons, yeah. So, meanwhile, Megatron levels a nearby mountain with the BFG. The Decepticons just absolutely fucking love ecological destruction, apparently. Specs. Specs. God is fucking purple. <laughs> it's his favorite color. Yeah, and Bumblebee and the crew have found... The hole into hell. <laughs> Ravage attacks as Spike attempts to fix an offline Skyfire because they're he's in the same room as the hole for hell from hell apparently. You know, you just the Decepticons wanted to consolidate things, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and Meg's just super, super, super duper stoked about his giant gun firing on the Autobots. With laser beak on his shoulder again. Honestly, the gun placement it doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to talk about that. But you no just, one just know that the spatial stuff it, it's it's not rooted in logic, and we'll just go from there. <laughs> yeah, no one can hit shit today, though. Like we've only got two confirmed. No, three because technically Soundwave hit Braun. Yeah. Um. Thank God. <laughs> I'm glad somebody fucking did. Anyway, Skyfire wakes up in time to catch Ravage midair and toss him away from his pals. Like he can hold Ravage in one hand. Yeah, that is how much bigger he is. That's honestly kind of amazing and terrifying. And, and like, don't get me wrong, Ravage is considerably smaller than everybody else, but still. Yeah, just, like, Ravage can stand on top of Bumblebee and hold him down, so, like, yeah. Like, his hand is a bit bigger, or a bit smaller than a Volkswagen bug, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Lots of fighting happens outside, the majority of which involves Megatron and Starscream shooting at Autobots as they attempt to climb the temple. The Autobots don't make a ton of headway, but Starscream does end up with Thrawn in his face. And of course Meg he fucking does! <laughs> Fuck Thrawn! And Megatron tosses Ironhide down the pyramid. Optimus makes a surprisingly graceful catch. It's, it's really graceful. So Skyfire shoots the, like, shoots the BFG destroying it and uh, unleashing the literal fires from hell. Skyfire actually, for whatever reason, like, well, Spike fixes him, he throws the cat, and then transforms and flies out of the temple. Yeah, I'm like, I don't even remotely know how he would fit. So yeah, after he flies out of the temple, he shoots the big fucking gun. Destroying it and unleashing the fires of hell. 
Optimus tackles Megatron and tosses Megs off the runs. Megs lands headfirst on the ground. And the Decepticons retreat. Thundercracker proceeds to have no sense of self-preservation whatsoever and to be entirely done with the day. Uh, he starts sassing the hell out of Megatron and uh, Starscream <laughs> for basically everything that has just happened. Wheeljack has apparently invented a high-tech manhole to plug the hellhole. But they they put it on top of the temple instead of, you know, in the temple where the crystal was originally plugging it. So, I, I don't know. I just don't know. The cartoon clearly doesn't know either. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so Spike and Bumblebee are taking Louisa home, and she apparently plans to introduce Bumblebee to her brother's convertible, whose name is Juanita. <laughs> and Karsimoda and Bumblebee's super cute here. He is, he does like this squash and stretch thing. It's really that makes cute. him smile with his bumper. That is adorable. Oh, one of the things the Autobots do is that they all like lean themselves up against the sides of the temple. Oh to god, be... I forgot about this. <laughs> to be like skylights or something? Like, I don't know if it's like a celebration because it doesn't seem like they're helping light when they're putting the manhole down or what. It's just like, it just is pretty funny when you see like cars on their backs, like 180 degrees vertical with their skylights or their, their headlights, headlights to the sky. And you're like, what are you doing? I don't know. They're doing something, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's where the episode cuts is on Cute Bumblebee. So uh, join us next time for episode 10, War of the Dinobots, in which the Autobots will learn the perils of leaving their big, young, dumb dino babies unattended for more than five fucking minutes. <laughs> and introducing two new dino babies. Yes! Two new dino babies, one of which is Swoop, who's also very cute. Yes. Alright, my dear Specs, what is our fanfic for today? Alright, so today we have a selection. Well... Smaller selection than yesterday, or the, not yesterday, <laughs> the last two episodes, but still a nice little selection. We've got three fanfics today, uh, like A Sinking Star by Katharos, which is a G1. It's not really specified if it's cartoon or comic, it's just G1. It's set uh, pre in pre-war Cybertron, so yeah. It's rated K, it's Gen, there's no pairings. Our main characters here are Starscream and Skyfire, though there are original characters. And so in summary, pre-war, the Academy is a hotbed of political dissent, protests, and factions. Skyfire is a struggling grad student, desperately chasing grants with his partner Starscream. <laughs> and it just, but it's, it's enjoyable and it shows Skyfire making difficult ethical decisions. And Starscream being a political, uh, maybe doing political machinations, which is entertaining. Uh, and so our theme or character base for today, for that wreck is Skyfire, and it's a one-shot. As he makes his glorious return in this episode. And I think, does he survive till the end of the series? Skyfire? Yeah. You never really see, I don't think you see him in season three, so I think it's assumed that he survives, but... I don't know. Yeah, it, it gets kind of weird. So it, in the uh, Transformers movie, they don't actually, you don't actually see everyone who dies. Yeah. As terrible as that sounds. So it's sort of like, unless, if you don't see them, you kind of maybe should assume they're dead. Because we didn't, like, in a few of them, you see their body in the movie, but you, like, see them for, like, two seconds. It's actually 
why I don't like the Transformers movie is because it gets very depressing, and I don't, mm-hmm. they didn't even give screen time to everybody who died. Like, I want to say, did we not see Wheeljack's body? Oh, we do see Wheeljack's body. He's one of the people that, or one of the bots that RC is pulling. Oh, that's right. Like, the Wind Charger's body is also there in that scene. It's before, like, it's when Springer is trying to push, like, the catapult thing, and he's calling RC over to help him push mm-hmm. it. And she's been pulling Wheeljack's, Wheeljack and Windcharger's corpses, uh, I guess, to safety. It's really depressing, though, because, like, we didn't even see, we didn't even see Wheeljack die. And then, like, Ratchet dies in a very horrifying way, honestly. And Prowl. And Prowl. (laughs) Like, you see him vomiting up smoke. Yeah, like, it's pretty horrifying. It's one of the few times where Megatron is legitimately threatening, actually. Like, um, this movie scarred a generation of children. And I, like, I, as an adult, am looking at this going, okay, guys, that seems like a bit fucking much, don't you think? <laughs> and also, it just seems really disrespectful, because, like, a lot of them died off screen. And then we're following characters we don't even know through the entire movie who aren't really that bad, but I was bored. That's my biggest complaint, is I get bored when I watch this movie. Yeah, it was a movie they decided they wanted to get rid of the old cast? To sell toys, and so they were just like, kill everyone, or at least that was the uh, production mandate by whoever was in yeah. charge. It's really depressing, though, because I'm like, so Skyfire could be alive and somewhere else, or he could have been one of the casualties there in the movie. Like, there are numerous fi- pieces of fan fiction that treat it like Skyfire's gone off into the universe to do more science stuff, and that's what he's doing in season three or so. post season three. <laughs> But yeah, let's let's move on. Yeah, okay, so our next uh, rec is Hunted by Wayward Insecticon. It's G1 cartoon-based, uh, rated K+, and it's gen pairings none. Uh, so our main characters here are Skywarp and Thundercracker, though there are original characters and Megatron, Starscream, and other Decepticons also show up. Skywarp and Thundercracker come across a plot by a disgruntled monitor to take over Cybertron in the most literal sense possible. Now they're being chased by some very dangerous people, and the Seekers are outnumbered, outgunned, and running low on power. Our theme here was Seekers with an exclamation point, and this is actually the third in a series. It's uh, Wayward, well, it's part of Wayward's first um, venture into writing Transformers fanfiction, which I think she's mentioned she's not especially fond of, but I really enjoy a lot of the ideas that she had. And so, uh, to touch on monitors, a monitor in this particular fanfiction universe that Wayward created is essentially what Shockwave is. And so there are, like, monitors for each section of Cybertron, but Shockwave is sort of the, I think, overarching one. Basically, they're the, sort of the general managers of each it's like city state to make sure that uh, make sure that everything is running smoothly. Yeah, and this one's decided that it wants to take over Cybertron and basically assert Megatron's authority and power. And mistake, clearly. <laughs> yeah. But like I enjoyed uh, Skyrim and Thundercracker's characterization, and there's some pretty neat. Just there's something I enjoyed it. It's also it's quite old, and it's something that I first read. Uh, quite a long time ago. Definitely over t- <laughs> 15 years ago now, I think. Maybe, yeah. But it's it's fun. 
I enjoyed it. I am definitely recommending it to you, dear listeners. <laughs> Our last recommendation is Allie versus the Giant Robot Shoplifters from Space <laughs> by um, Misia. Misia? Um, the author's name is spelled M-I-S-Y-A. I'm just unsure of how the author uh, prefers the pronunciation and uh, please correct me, I suppose. Thank you. Uh, continuity is animated. This one is rated M, which is our first M-rated recommendation, <laughs> and it's for cursing. So there is, unless you object to cursing, there is there isn't really any objectionable like adult content in here. It's just cursing. It's rated M. It's Jen. There's no pairings, and our characters here are original characters. Uh, the aforementioned Allie. There's also Love Nut and Blitzwing. Again, all from the Transformers animated continuity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in summary, ever wondered how the Decepticons find food for Professor Sumdak? So some some background, uh, as we haven't been talking about animated, there is a character in Transformers animated that gets kidnapped by the Decepticons at some point and is with them with for an extended length of time. Yes. Um. So it's basically, well, they had to have been feeding him, so how were they doing that? Mm-hmm. And so our theme for this was Decepticons and acquiring things. Because we see them stealing steel in this episode, and they're always trying to steal energy or energide or something. Or materials. <laughs> and in this uh, piece of fanfiction, they're stealing food. Which, God, <laughs> hearing a robot, a giant robot that's just ripped the roof off of your place of work asking, where do you keep your flesh? <laughs> Dear. I haven't read this one yet, but clearly I need to. <laughs> Where do you keep your flesh is a trip. And Allie is definitely very done with the day. <laughs> I don't think I blame her. Mm-hmm. And so that one is a one-shot. And I definitely recommend it, as I recommend all of these. So thank you. And on to our um, art recommendations by Owls. Our fan art recommendation for the day. I'm going to go with, I think their name is STF or S-TF. I couldn't actually find their name. Their Tumblr name is s-tf.tumblr.com. So, uh, and then their Twitter is named like, I think, BBBTF. So I wasn't really sure what to call this one. Uh, but that, but that's their user account, or that's their account, different accounts that we have, we'll have their Tumblr and their Twitter. Uh, unfortunately, we can't read most of their comics because I believe it's in Chinese or Korean. Uh, but their art is really pretty. Uh, there's this one series they did in particular that I really like with uh, characters from the IDW comics accompanied by quotes they said. And uh, we will be reblogging a post that has a bunch of those and that is what we will be linking to. Mm-hmm. My favorite ones in particular out of the set were uh, the Shockwave one. As we had mentioned earlier, Shockwave uh, was very, very different originally in the IDW comics and then was kind of made into this emotionalist shell of himself. And so it's rather fascinating because the art involves, you know, kind of both sides of that, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, there's one for Cyclonus and Tailgate, mm-hmm. and then there's also one for Megatron and Terminus. And Terminus is Megatron's mentor uh, because in the IDW comics, he was originally a minor. Like, not as in young, but somebody who works underground. In a mine. <laughs> in a mine. Uh, and it kind of shows, like, his own guilt because he thought he had left Terminus to somewhere die. to die. 
Um, and so they're, they're very, they're very interesting. I think they're very well done and they work very well with the quotes from the comics. Yeah, and I'm especially fond of the uh, first aid ambulance one. I, I will tell you that there probably isn't enough ambulant uh, fan art to satisfy Specs. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. I want a toy, and it's not going to happen. Unless I'm I still confused how we don't have a freaking wrong, honestly. I want a wrong toy, yeah. Yeah. I don't understand how there hasn't been a rung made. Even a third party rung. Maybe it's just that he doesn't have like a cool alt mode. He or doesn't something. have a cool alt mode. <laughs> but I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't even think I necessarily want to rung if you get a rung, but I want to take pictures of your rung. Well, I mean, we were already planning on doing the thing where when you get your wheel jack, I bring my ratchet. Oh down yeah, we're gonna make we the do. robots kiss. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe in the future. There's always new third party toys coming out. Don't I know it? <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, money. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check out our Tumblr at afterspark-podcast.tumblr.com for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and SoundCloud and YouTube at AfterSparkPodcast. You can also find us on Pillowboard as AfterSpark-Podcast and on AO3 by searching for AfterSparkPodcast. Or by checking um, the Transformers All series um, things and searching for podcasts, maybe mm. in the search. We, we also do have links uh, to the specific series page on our um, Tumblr and Pillow Fort. I yes. don't think I have it on Facebook, but it should be on both our Tumblr and Pillow Fort. There's a link there. Yes. So uh, till next time, I'm Specs and I'm Els. Toodles. <laughs>